Welcome to the Edible Alpha podcast series, your source for actionable insights into making money in food. I'm Tara Johnson, the Tara's Way Lady, and we're here to talk to a wide range of stakeholders about what it really takes to grow a financially viable food business. Hey, Stacy! thanks for joining us this afternoon. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. It's... Um, it's really great to have somebody like you because we do a lot of um, a lot of the people on this show are um, kind of new to their businesses. They're startups or, you know, they're running farms and, um, you know, they haven't been running them for a while. And it's really great when we can have somebody like you who's been at this for a while because this perspective is so valuable to our listeners. So I'm really glad that you could join us today. Sure, not a problem. So why don't we start, Stacey, with having you just introduce yourself to the listeners and um, yourself and your company. Sure. My name is Stacey Peterson, and I'm the CEO of Canoils. We've been in business since 2007. We are an ingredient manufacturer, first and foremost. That's our main business. So we serve um, ho- the wholesale industry with products that go into, oh, it could go into cosmetics, it could go into pet foods, it could go into human food, uh, nutritional ingredients, supplements. And essentially, we service both the wet side and the dry side. So if somebody has an application where they need an emulsion that is in a liquid format, we can provide it that way, or we can also... Uh, spray dry it into a powder format so for instance if you think of the oil and oil and water doesn't mix if we make it into a powder format we can encapsulate that oil droplet and then it mixes well within the the water or the solution that they're trying to to develop for their formulation so we've been in business since 2007 and um, really sell to the wholesale industry Uh, We do a little bit of retail packaging for some people, so uh, we try to make ourselves a one-stop shop for our customers. So if they have us making an oil powder for us, for them, and they want to make it into a tablet or a capsule, we can also do that and bottle it off for them so it's ready to go to the retail market. So when you started your business, um, you know, most people, when they go into food, they think, well, I'm going to make a, you know, what comes to mind is the end product, right? Like, I'm going to make tomato sauce. How did you come up with the thought that you were going to start an ingredient company? So in my former life, I worked for uh, Cargill, which is uh, the largest independent uh, company in the United States. And it's It's really more in the agricultural industry. And they had bought a large sector of food ingredient businesses from a German-owned company by the name of Degusa. And uh, at the time, we were selling oils and and in the nutritional sector. And it really wasn't the right fit for Cargill. So Cargill decided to discontinue the product line. And we took it over and and took it over independently and, and just started it from there. Uh, working with the customers that were already in existence, um, again, it was primarily oils at the time, and we just had people start to approach us saying, you know, we would love to use your oil, but we have no uh, avenue to to blend it with our emulsions or into our formulations, 
or we'd have people say, I want to make my my product healthier. I want to add some omega-369s to the, to the ingredients and, and how can I do that? So um, working in the industry and kind of knowing what was out there, we, we just started helping them with their formulations and um, different avenues to get their product to market. And it really grew from there. Wow. So when you took, um, so, so was this a negotiation with Cargill where you said, okay, you don't want to do this anymore. We're going to take it over. Like, how did that work? It sort of was a negotiation. I'm driven by myself, really. Sure. I was going to be out of a job yeah. in six months because they were discontinuing the, the product line. And I had asked them, what they um, were going to tell their customers about that, and they had not thought of that far ahead. So, um, you know, being out of a job, and my husband had the insurance at the time, so so that was that was good. And I thought, well, maybe I could do this on my own. So I really went back to them, and I said, I'm going to present you with a win-win um, opportunity, and I'm going to sell down your inventory, and you're going to sell it to me for pennies on the dollar, whatever's left. And I'm going to take it over independently, and I'm going to continue to serve the customers that we've been serving. And I also, in, in advance, I you know contacted some of the customers and said, would you support me in this? Would you continue to do business with me independently um, outside of Cargill? And they didn't seem to have a problem with that, and neither did some of the suppliers that I spoke with. So I just presented it as a win-win, and they said, yeah, go for it. We've had... People in the um, our company working for us in the past, where we've discontinued product, and they've gone on to be successful with it. So it was, you know, really like a giant carrot kind of staring me in the face, saying, you, you know, this is your opportunity to become entrepreneurial right now. Um, take it if you want it, and I took it and I ran with it. That's awesome. So congratulations, because mm -hmm. I bet a lot of people, you know, have an opportunity like that, and they they. I don't know, they, they chicken out at the last minute, right? Like, right. Because there's so much risk associated with it. But there's a lot less risk associated with starting up that way than just having an idea, right? Oh, it's absolutely. I, I mean, I really, I had no idea how I was going to do this. I didn't have a software program set up or anything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. But, you know, back, that was back in the day of Excel spreadsheets could do just about anything for you. Yeah. And and, and knowing that there was a customer base was was really the ideal situation. I mean, if I had to, um, you know, start over and, and wasn't able to communicate with those existing customers and had to, you know, pound the pavement myself, I don't think that I would have taken it on. But it, I just recognized it as a just a, a, a winning opportunity. And um, we've been successful ever since, so I've, I haven't looked back, so yeah. it's been really great. So did you have to build a, 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 a factory to process oil at the time, or how did that work? Yeah, interesting question. At the time, um, my husband worked for um, a company by the name of Hanson Storage, and they are they were probably about 15 miles from my home base. So I really kind of started an office out of my home, and then all of the products were stored at this food-grade facility um, at Hanson Storage. And we would process orders and I would jump in the car and with the labels and um, the packing list and the, the shrink wrap and, and everything else. And, and I was like a one woman show for about a year and a half and then started hiring employees after that. 
So it was it was really ideal having that connection through my husband because they gave us great storage rates and it worked for oh I'd say the first three to four years we operated that way and then after that we found a facility about a 7,500 square feet and moved into that facility and started you know shipping on our own so got it. Yeah. yeah, it was great. So we moved from there. Uh, we, we were in that location for about four years as well, and then outgrew that. And just last year, we built a 25,000-square-foot facility, which we reside in now. Isn't that awesome? So do you manufacture now? We do. Yes, yeah. we do. Yeah. So what do you what you're, do? You do spray drying? We do. We have state-of-the-art equipment that um, uses a low-temperature spray drying um Originally, it uses some high temperatures to dry the product onto a carrier, like a starch-based carrier. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, with the oils, you have some stable oils and some unstable oils. So like your fish oils are, are highly unstable. And if you want to use them on a sh from a shelf life standpoint, there may only be like a three to six month shelf life. Um, for the fish oil. So it's you either have to encapsulate it or you have to put it in a, a soft gel or somehow enclose it away from the oxi oxygen so it doesn't oxidize on you. Mm -hmm. So we spray dry it and, and turn it into this wonderful free-flowing powder. So wow. it works great. That's awesome. Yeah, and I bet that would have to be at low temperature, right? Because otherwise the oil would be flammable too. Exactly. There, I have um, heard of situations in using contract manufacturers where some of the really unstable oils that we've used have started fires in the dryers, which isn't a good situation. Not a good thing. It's, no. This is a bad day. Bad day, exactly. It's a bad day. Yeah, so, so you're doing that and you're now taking um, products, it sounds like, and putting, some, to some degree, putting in consumer packaging, too. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So if people, if they have soft gels and they, you know, they don't want to move the product around the state, you know, the, what you want to do is keep the cost down as much as possible. So when you're, you're moving freight from one end to the other and adding costs, that's not a good thing. So, you know, we put together, when we were building the facility here, we did a, a, a great flow where we, we produce the powder in one location and then we can move it and into boxes or into drums or we can move it into our bottling facility and and you know bottle it off right there so mm -hmm. it works out what great we can throw their label on it we can ship it off to them we can even put amazon labels on them and ship it directly to amazon so it can go straight out to the marketplace oh that's great so mm -hmm. you're doing some amazon not amazon fulfillment yourself but shipping to amazon for amazon fulfillment Correct. Like, yeah. Correct. Yeah. And, and so you're doing that with fish oils. Do you do that with any, uh, any other ingredients? Oh, we do it with, we probably have about 200 different oil types. Wow. So we have avocado, we have canola oil, we have sesame seed oil, sunflower oil. Um, we have a lot of niche oils like borage oil and evening primrose oil. Oh. And so it really all depends what the customer is looking for. If they're looking for um, gamma linolenic acids or, you know, whatever it is they're, they're looking to make their products healthier. If they're looking for 
Um, immune health, for instance, they can pick um, and choose from the different oil carriers that we have. And they can, you know, a lot of times we sell distribution too. So they may, they may have their own spray dryers and we may sell the oil directly to them in, in drums or totes uh, and, and truckloads of oil as well. So we can really work, you know, many different avenues. We can work with the contract manufacturers. We can work directly with the customers. We can work even with, you know, large industries that are just creating new formulations for, let's say they want a new coffee creamer and they want that coffee creamer to have some added benefits to it or um, infant formulas, for instance. So we can really um, tweak the formulation to, to whatever they desire that, that end product to be. So it sounds like you kind of, you collaborate in R&D efforts then too. Very much so. Yes, yeah. very much so. We have food scientists, we have chemists, we have biologists, um, all different people from the different parts of the sciences uh, throughout the state. And they've come from the different universities. And, you know, they put their heads together. You listen to them talking on the phone. And, and my background, per se, is human resource. It's not science. So I really kind of turn over the reins to them. And, and they have some great conversations with the customers. And develop new products and um, some of them go to market some of them you know of course fail but um, then you start over or you know maybe tweak it a little bit or perhaps it's not even something that the customer was looking for so you know it's it's a trial and error situation sure sure when you started this were you just doing when this came out of Cargill were you just doing sort of basic food oil at that time? Yes, we were yeah. doing primarily food oils in bulk and we were doing some soft gels. So we would use um, what we call contract manufacturers. So if there's uh, different entities that could do the encapsulation of the oil, we would send the oil to them. They would encapsulate it. They would send the boxes and the capsules back to us in bulk. So for instance, you might get a box back or a pallet back of a million soft gels. And right. at any given time, we could sell, you know, a million soft gels to one customer, or we could take one box and try to help the little guy and sell them mm -hmm. 25,000 capsules. Mm -hmm. Or we could take, you know, those million capsules and we could bottle them off for the customer as well. It, it's, it must be an amazing thing because you it's not I mean you've been in business what like I don't know I'm doing the About math 13 years 13 years and just think of all the oils that have come to market and all the different markets that have opened up for you oh it's, it's, it's quite incredible yes as, yeah. as people learn more about us they they really they they you know their teams their R&D teams and their science departments and things like that they they really get their juices flowing as well and and you know come to the realization that they can make some you know fabulous improvements to the products that are on the store shelves so mm -hmm. you know people are always looking to remain healthy not have to go to the doctor not have to take that prescription so to so to speak and you know, maybe get their, their benefits through the food that they're eating rather than taking a supplement for it. Yeah, and that that whole trend, right, that was the that was what propelled Terra's way when I launched it. I mean, whey protein had been around for a long time, but the health and wellness consumer, you know, sure brought 
you know, brought me along. And it certainly has, has created an amazing array of opportunities for you. It's yeah. yeah. The, um, you know, for instance, like, um, medium chain triglycerides, which is known as MCT for short. Yeah. Um, that's, that's all about the ketogenic diet. So mm -hmm. we have container load after container loads of that oil coming in and out of this facility at all times. And, Sometimes we, again, use it into a spray-dried powder for okay. an application, or sometimes we'll turn around and send that entire container to a contract manufacturer who will process it for a customer of their own. So, yeah, it's it's been quite intriguing to see the different oils and how they're used. Yeah, yeah. I I remember, uh, this had to be like three years ago, I, had a, I was judging at Expo West, and one of the um, companies that won in their pitch event was was making a creamer, so a, like a coffee creamer sure. substitute that was MCT oil based. Sure. Yeah, and that was I. That was probably the first time. I don't know, three four years ago when that happened. That was the first time I had you know even really seen that product right. on the market. And now look where it is. It's crazy. Right. Yeah, and you don't really think about it. You know, when you go to the restaurant and you, you have like the, the dairy creamers that are on the table and you're, you know, you're dipping, you're dripping it into your coffee or what have you. But, you know, those need to stay cold. They have to be, um, you know, kept in the proper temperatures. And when you think of more of the, the powdered creamers and what you can do with them, if you can put like an MCT in there and, and create a healthier coffee blend, um, it works great for everybody. Yeah, yeah, no, that was an amazing company, and they, um, it, and they were selling a hundred percent online even back then, like four years ago, right? So oh, wow. they were really early in their capacity to do that. Sure. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, so, so um, you ju you mentioned you built a new plant. We did. Yeah. We did. Yes, yeah. last we've been in the facility for about a year now, so it's it, I'm, I'm and I hate to say it, but we're already looking for a room. It's 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 crazy how fast you can grow out of things. So, you know, we thought, oh, we have all these offices. What are we going to do with them? We have all of these, <laughs> uh, you know, spots for people to sit in the cubicles and. You know, we have this beautiful lunchroom, but we don't have a conference room big enough to hold more than like 20 people. And what do you do when that happens? And so it's 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 always something, you know, as, yeah. you're, as you're working and growing. It's it's amazing how fast things fill up. That's for yeah. sure. When I built my plan, I had um, I had been um working a little bit with um, Belgioso, so Erico, who is the owner and founder of Belgioso, that amazing cheese brand that's in our state. And he he had, we were oh, working sure. with them because I ran White Clover Dairy, which um, we took the, all of their whey and made animal feed out of it. That was before I did Tara's Whey. It's how I learned about whey. Um, but um, they kept building new plants all the time, right? And he he said to me, um, I, I have learned that whatever I think I need in terms of space, I need to add at least 50% on it. And I always build offices so that they can be turned into manufacturing space because you can move offices. It's really hard to add manufacturing space. <laughs> so um, when I built smart. my plant, that's what I did. Our offices were in space that 
that, yeah, two, two years later became manufacturing space because of it, because nice, that happened. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It is crazy. And yeah, now when I work, on. I, when I, now when we work with startups who are, you know, scaling up now and they're going to have their first space, I always tell them, whatever it is, you're going to need more. Whatever you think yes. it's going to be, it yeah. needs, you need more. Yeah, when we first moved into our our seventy five hundred square foot facility, we were thinking we were walking around, my husband and I, and we were like, "Oh my God, what are we going to do with all of this room? Right. Right. Did we make the right decision? This is such a big building, uh-huh. and you know, we have a dock door now and everything else. And and man, within three years, we were like walking sideways to get past <laughs> each other in the warehouse. So. <laughs> So I can relate to what you're talking about. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And now it sounds like you're filling up your new plant too. Filling up the new plant, busting out, you know, walls already. And, oh my goodness! Um, I'm just thankful that we built on a piece of property that has nine acres. So oh, we good have for you room for expansion. So not that I want to really go through that again. I think we have to <laughs> optimize the best we can and find the most efficiencies, you know, with within the walls that we have right now, because, you know, especially with what's going on in the industry today, you know, I, the, you just don't want to be building a building. You don't want to be building a house. You don't want to be building right. anything that requires wood and construction. I know. The costs have just gone through the roof. Yeah, it's crazy. And hopefully this will calm down, right? Like it's the snake swallowing the elephant, right? That it'll exactly. work through the system a little bit. But yeah, it is funny how this, the last year has um, created just, you know, I don't know, you know, some people have suffered terribly and some comp. and this is true for food companies, right? Some companies have really suffered because they right. just lost their, totally lost their customer base. But Others have just, you know, been busier and busier than ever. Right, right. Yeah. It's, it's very unfortunate for those, you know, for your smaller restaurants and things like that. So it's just, I can't even imagine. I mean, it was stressful enough for us to make it through. And, you know, yeah. there's different companies that we're, we were working with that were going to have product launches into Costco and things like that. And, um, you know, those those projects had to be put on hold because nobody yeah. knew what was going to happen. So, um, I, you know, I just thank the Lord that we're coming out of it finally. So I know, exactly. Hopefully some of those people can get back on their feet. And, you know, anytime you go to the restaurant these days, you try to tip more than you normally tipped yeah. in the past. And, you know, try to, to spread around the money a little bit to make things work. Yeah, exactly. And I, I seem to remember we had a conversation where you're talking about your new building um, that you put solar on it. Is that right? We did. Yes. Yeah. How, why tire- did you decide to do that? Because we wanted to make sure that we were a green facility. So, uh-huh. you know, in the industry, you're, you, especially in the nutritional industry and everything, you want to make sure that you're you know, working with the planet and working with the soil and, you know, working with nature and everything. So we just decided that, you know, if we're going to do something, now's the time to do it. So I'd, I'd have to say in southeast Wisconsin, I'm you know, there's more pop- popping up now. But at the time that we were doing it, I think we were like one or one of two different entities that were building with the solar power on the roof. So we're real pleased that we went that direction. Cool. 
And and now, are you selling power back to the grid, or do you use it all? We use it all with the equipment that we have. Yep. I, yeah. I wish we were selling some of it back, but that's not the case right now. Yeah. When I did the Terra's Way building, I too was um, trying to, you know, do a green building. We we built to the lead standard, um, but we did not go all the way through to get it certified because the paperwork was so much. But I found it was so useful um, for getting all the engineers and design people on the same page about what it means to be a green plant. You know, exactly. It, yeah, yeah, and, we and people like to hear that. They they like to know that you're you know you're doing something to reduce the footprint on the planet. And yeah, um, you know it, it's it's good because some of the larger organizations that you work with, that's that's kind of a requirement for them. You know, those are they're making those more requirements now than just a nice to have, you know, opportunity. So the, the payoff is there, not only in the energy, but, you know, in the business that you can get along with it. That's really good to hear. Yeah, we did heat recovery from our boiler to, because we had a spray dryer too, right? Um, oh, okay. To preheat the chamber of the dryer. And that, sure. um, that was really great. It, you know, that was sort of our version of solar at the time because I was Very a startup and I, at the time they didn't have the programs they have now for encouraging solar, you know. So I couldn't make solar work in the Performa, but the heat recovery I could make work. Nice. Yeah, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. So, so, um, I bet COVID because of all the, you know, potential health implications of some of your ingredients, I bet COVID was actually really, um, good for your business. It, it was in the beginning, um, because of the, the sanitary, the aloe vera and, and mm. the alcohols and things that people were using for hand sanitizers. Uh -huh. So we, you know, it wasn't really in our wheelhouse per se, but because of the industry that we worked in, we were able to, um, to sell quite a bit of aloe vera to many of these companies, which was, you know, it was great for sales and it was also rewarding because you were helping, you know, the country and, and that was pretty, you know, pretty unique. So That's we had cool. some fun with that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, what are you seeing in the future? Well, we are turning things around and we are seeing people coming back, you know, that had those projects that were put on. Oh, yeah, so right. Back and yeah. Um, uh, we're seeing uh, different, definitely seeing a, a high boost in the immune suppressant type um, uh, ingredients that people are trying to put into their products. So mm -hmm. it's it, it has changed. It's um, uh, but MCT and you know the ketogenic diets and all of that sort of stuff that's still going strong. Yeah. Um, you know, pet nutrition is huge. So that's that's a big one for us as well. Yeah, we all got our dogs during that's COVID. That's right. I know. I had two old dogs that passed away in the beginning of COVID. Like they oh, were no. 14 and I knew they were, you know, we ended up having to put one down and they were so bonded that seven weeks later, the other one died. <laughs> like, oh, no. it was terrible. But and then I went through, I was one of those COVID crazy people trying to adopt a dog, right, to replace them. 
Um, so we ended up with two dogs, but yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people ended up right because we were home. So Pat and we're spending money on our dogs. I'm in the same boat. I have uh, two dogs that are 13 years old and they're two weeks apart from each other. Oh yeah. So I'm not looking forward to that story that you just told because I think it's going to be very similar. It was hard. Except for my, it's not going to be similar in that. I am not going to be replacing my animals, hopefully. I'm going to try to hold very strong to that. I'm so busy, and I feel so guilty when I, you know, I work many, many hours, and then I go home, and I feel like now I have to stay home because of my animals. I can't go out or do anything. So, yeah, makes it a little difficult. But yeah, but I use my dogs as experiments too. So they they get a lot of powder on their foods to see how they <laughs> they react and if they like it. <laughs> That's a riot. And is your husband in business with you too? Still? My husband unfortunately passed away. Oh, um, I'm sorry. Yeah, when he worked for Hanson Storage, he worked uh-huh. for them for thirty years. And then he retired to come work for Canoyles because we needed an operations manager. Uh-huh. And um, unfortunately, life dealt us a, a tough blow, and he had a massive heart attack four months after he started here. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. When was that? That was in August of 2014. Wow. Yeah. Holy so I, cow. So you were starting a young you know, new to your business, relatively speaking. Wow. That's a lot of stress. Yes, it was very stressful, but I I can't help but think he's looking down upon us and very pleased with the progress that we've made. He must be. He absolutely must be. Yeah. 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 I mean, we, I, we have the dog, we had to replace the dogs because I, you know, my kids have grown you know, blown, uh, tell people I raise them to have roots and wings. And then when they fly away, you can't say, oops, I didn't mean that. Come home. <laughs> <You know? Right. laughs> so they're all over the country. And I'm like, it's too quiet around here. I need to have a dog. Yes, I understand. It's yeah. fair to come home to an empty house. That's it, for sure. It is. It is. Wow. So lots of, so you, it sounds like you're looking at a lot of growth coming, coming in it near future yeah we are you know we're at that point where you know we we grew from the from the office of my home to a loft above our garage to the 7500 square feet to the 25,000 square feet and you know I'm looking back you know I've been kind of analyzing you know what brought us here today and the way we operated is is going to change it's you know you can't keep doing the same thing and hope that you're going to continue to grow in the way that you had in the past so what our focus is on right now is really developing that strategy and that vision for the next five years so that we can continue to grow um, but, you know, work with some of the bigger customers and, um, you know, sell maybe not work quite as much with some of the smaller people because just because of the the efficiency of the the equipment you know if right. you're if you're running something that's only like 25 kilos of powder and then you have to clean out this huge piece of equipment you have to swab it you have to have QC check it and you know that's an a lot of added costs that go into the products so if you're only running 25 kilos and you have all that expense associated with it, it, it really isn't making you know that much sense anymore for us. 
So we're having to change our minimum order quantities mm -hmm. and working with some of the larger customers. And then when you work with the larger customers, they have a lot of um, desires to have like certain certifications, food grade certifications sure. and, you know, GMPs and, and FISMA and, and all of the food safety recognitions. And so it, it keeps you on your toes. You have to make yeah. sure that you're, you're moving and changing with the times and with your customers. So that's, that's really where we're at today, working on that vision and, and trying to ensure that, you know, we're ready to to ride the next wave of growth. Sure. And where do your ingredients come from? Primarily throughout the United States, um, uh -huh. some from Mexico. Um, we try to source very little overseas, um, mm -hmm. and, and thankfully so with what's going on. Yeah, in the, right, right. In the maritime arena these days and the ships stuck in the ocean. Right, and they're stuck. <laughs> at, right, they can't get through the Suez Canal. I, right. I look at those pictures with that, with that, um, with that ship just like wedged in there. You, like, look at that. Like, how did that happen? Like, Isn't that unbelievable? I, I mean, I can't, I remember they were talking about like 220,000 tons of weight that's trying to get through that waterway. And you, you think about that floating on the water. It's just mind boggling. It is mind boggling. At some point, things get too big to be, you know, human scale almost. Exactly. It's, it's so crazy. Yeah. You look at all of the containers on there. And I, I was talking to my team the other day and I said, you think of it, you know, when you're sitting at the railroad tracks and you're watching all these containers going by and, you know, sometimes you get so bored, you start counting rail cars. Right, right. right. And you look at that ship and the amount of rail cars that are on that ship and containers. It's just it's just mind boggling to believe that there's that much freight. Yeah, especially and, and then to think what's all stuck on there. I can't help it, but think that people's Peloton bikes that they've been wanting. Right. To <laughs> Are, are stuck on ships like that so yeah yeah now yeah. we have ships that you know shipping containers that are in the wrong continent like we can't get them because of covid and disruptions right to supply chains that why is it taking so long well because the shipping containers are in the wrong place and we can't yeah. get them in the right place i'm like oh my god so, and, you know, and it's 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 crazy enough to believe that we're living through these times, and yeah. these are things that we're going to be able to share with our grandchildren. And Seriously. but you know, that's where I'm thankful that we do source. We try to source as close to home as we possibly can, mm -hmm. and I'm really glad that we've made those decisions in the past because. You know, you can tell your customer that something's out at sea and you can't get to it, but your customer, they don't want to hear that. They, right. they want their product and they really don't care what the hiccups are. So, it's you know, you have to have, wave your magic wand and hopefully get some action moving. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. So, it, I mean, what an amazing journey. Um, what kind of advice would you give to people who are sort of earlier in your journey, right? They're still in their, they're still in their home office or above their garage. Well, I would say, you know, stick to it. Um, you, you really have to be a risk taker. You have to have very good advisors with you. Um, I'm a strong proponent that, you know, I don't know everything and surround yourself with people that know as much or more than you 
and three heads are better than one and you know you can really make it work if you really put your effort the effort to it and and you know if you're really able to take those risks and still be able to sleep at night then then it's probably the right thing for you i mean but not all people are entrepreneurial right it's right you have to have that in your veins to some degree yeah what do you do to handle the stress of this well, I I try to work out as much as I possibly can, and uh-huh. I you know I I have a good Christian base, so mm-hmm. that's very helpful to me. Um, and 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 again, I do what I what I you know say. I, I surround myself with great advisors. I'm in a Vistage group, which is mm-hmm. sort of like a mini board of directors for small organizations, and. You know, that's a, a great piece of recommendation as well. I think, you know, if, if you're small, you start out with the Small Businessmen's Association or the SBA, you know, and, and go there and ask questions. And they're just a wealth of information, retired executives that can help people out. And as you grow, you become part of Vistage or what used to be known as tech here in the state of Wisconsin. And that's sort of like your mini board of directors, and it's different companies, maybe 12 to 15 different companies that are not competing against you, but that can give you advice. So if there's, whether it's, you know, what benefits do you have for your employees, or what what wages are you paying in your production facility, and um, uh, who knows of a great place to hire a CFO, or where can I obtain this product? Has anybody used this product in the past? So, you know, just really talking it out with advisors that you can um, associate with. Going to, you know, you mentioned Supply Side West. Mm-hmm. Going to Supply Side West and meeting new people and just, you know, talking out what the issues are. And, you know, for the most part, i found that people are very receptive. They want to help you out. They want to see you grow. So it's if you can pay back, you know, that information to to people that are asking you as well um you know we can all make the world go round yeah yeah it's so it's so great that you mentioned vistage because i tell people i don't think i could have done tara's way if i hadn't been in my vistage group really yeah Yeah, i was in it was tech at the time but sure my my group was so helpful um yeah and the whole process of that i'm i'm a big believer in that kind of support too Absolutely. I mean, if you once in a while, if you feel like you're going to lose it, you know, just reach out to somebody that you think that's going to be able to talk you out of the hole, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Or off the cliff. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, it's been terrific to talk today, Stacey. Thanks so much for joining us. And we're going to be watching you because I think amazing stuff is going to be coming in the future. It's it's been a pleasure. And yeah, our our next step is we're waiting for legislation to move on the whole CBD industry because we've been for quite a long time. And um, just waiting for the state of Wisconsin to get on board here and the FDA to remove some of the the restrictions that they have because we feel strongly that um, CBD and hemp are kind of the wave of the future for for health and and benefits to to people so that that'll be a fun thing to watch as we go forward it is and it's so great you brought that up because I uh, was talking to some folks at um, at New New Hope Media actually about that um, because um, it's an example of how um, 
you know, people think about government regulation and in food and particular and supplements and feel like oh, it's so limiting, right? And and this is a good example of how we've sort of partially opened it, right? So so there is there are products on the market that have CBD in them, and you know, but but it's such a much bigger opportunity if we could open it up even more. It is. And, and, and uh, you know, I, I do understand the delays. I mean, we, we definitely have to have regulations around these products. And, you know, years ago when I started in the industry, you know, dietary supplements was kind of considered like witchcraft or taboo. Right, right. You know, and, and if people would just... Um, you know, spend a day in our shoes, in our organizations and see the hoops that we have to jump through to make sure that our products are in specification and that they're not going to be harmful to anybody's health. I mean, there's a lot of regulations that go on in this industry. And um, with CBD, I think, you know, there's some people have paved the way and in, in, in not quite the, the correct way. Right. And we have to recover from that and and prove to people that there's some efficacy behind this plant and and see what we can do to help people in the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, this is what we're going to catch up on this. Well, I'll you know, we'll see the market evolve and um, we'll be back in touch with you and and we'll follow up and see how, what what I bet your company is going to be really different in five years. Fabulous. We'd love to do that. Thanks for listening. You can get more podcasts by subscribing on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And you can learn more about Edible Alpha by visiting our website at ediblealpha.org.